Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps do you need to take to get there. I am really glad you decided to tune in for episode six. We're joined by Jenny Tolman from Nashville, Tennessee. Jenny is a critically acclaimed country music singer and a songwriter, social media influencer. She is such a great storyteller through her music and she is really just bursting onto the country music scene. Brand new album coming out soon called Married in a Honky Tonk. She has an affinity for Jackson, Wyoming, which you'll hear about in this conversation. Rolling Stone has called Jenny one of the most vivid and fascinating artists to emerge on the scene. And as you're listening and getting to know Jenny, you're all going to hear something different. But just listen for the one or two things, the little few ahas that you can implement into your life. So now here is episode six, and here is Jenny Tolman. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you for having me. So Jenny, uh, you have done quite a bit with your career pretty early on. I mean, and it, I'd like to talk to you about, um, well, some know your story, uh, but many maybe do not. So tell us a little bit about who you are and why are you doing what you're doing? Well, I am a country music artist and songwriter. Uh, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, so the perfect place to become a country artist and grow up around the music industry. I was really lucky for that. Um, you know, I love that you ask why. Like, why are you doing this? Because that's always been a big um, leader in what I do is the why. You know, I think that we all do things for certain reasons and the why is such an important factor in all of that and um, to me music is supposed to help people you know it's supposed to be healing it's supposed to make people laugh make them cry you know it's it's very empathetic it's to bring us all together and to show that you know we're not so different and to not feel alone and um, that's really how I got interested in songwriting in the first place was you know going through certain hard times um, writing was a way to express that and to get some of those ugly feelings out. And, and as soon as I started doing that and, and seeing how much better that made me feel and, and sharing it with other people who could um, relate to it and, you know, feel the same way, I also started digging into, you know, well, I don't want to just be sitting here being sorry for myself all the time. Like, let's have fun. Let's laugh. I love to make people laugh with my songs and, and help bring people out of hard times and sad times and, you know, remind us that there are things to be grateful for and happy about. And so it's just a, that's a very long winded answer, but, but, you know, just to, to help people to be a people person and, and all be together. You know, you have a debut album out. Uh, you've been on many artists to watch list, but where did it, where was that decision made for you when you decided, you know what, I'm, I'm really going to take this writing and performing. I'm actually going to do it. How did you make that decision? That's a, that's a pretty big step. <laughs> yeah. So I've always grown up singing since before I can even remember and played piano by ear since I was three and I, I wrote stories when I was little in school and elementary school and middle school. So I've just always kind of had all these um, musical creative things going on in my life naturally. But on my 16th birthday, I actually got a guitar and it was kind of this light bulb moment for me where I was like, wait a second, if I put everything that I love to do together, it's called being a singer songwriter. And that 
kind of since that moment, it's like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I actually had um, a really big blessing growing up. My dad was in the music industry. And so I kind of got to see behind the curtain a little bit. And it wasn't, it wasn't so mysterious to me um, how that works. In fact, it was almost weird to me when I realized that people didn't do that for a job because um, it was so normal to me. And um, so I, I think that I have a much different um, upbringing and, and path than a lot of artists who moved to Nashville, you know, because I didn't even have to leave my home or my family. I was really blessed to have them here already. And so I'm always super impressed by all the artists that leave everything and come to Nashville to chase this dream. I'm like, I don't know that I would be brave enough. You know, I think God knew that I needed to be born here because I'd be too much of a scaredy cat to leave. <laughs> you know, you talked about your dad and I, mm-hmm. boy, it, it, uh, sometimes parents can be your biggest cheerleader. Other times they can um, inadvertently perhaps steal, steal your dreams or guide you in a different way. And what does your dad think about this first step that you take and where you're taking your career? He was um, supportive, but a little hesitant at first because, you know, he's seen the good, the bad, and the very ugly of this business. And so it was, it was never um, discouraging at all, but he just asked me one question. He said, are you sure? <laughs> and, you know, a little girl, you're like, yeah, of course, I'm going to be a singer. Um, but I mean, ever since then, him and my mom, both, I have, I have wonderful parents who are so supportive and, um, so encouraging. And so I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Can't help but notice though, you have a, you have a definite, uh, brand. We all do, right? We all have a story. Yes. You work really, really hard at what you do, but it doesn't feel like you take yourself too seriously. In other words, you mentioned it, mm-hmm. you, you do have a lot of, a lot of fun and where yes. does that inspiration come from for you? Why? You know, kind of going back to the origins of my writing and, you know, there was a while there where it was just kind of sitting in this self-pity and and victim state and, you know, feeling sorry for myself and and wanting just to sing all these sad songs all the time. And and while getting those emotions out and feeling those things are very um, needed to for, for healthy processing and all of that, I started to realize that if you sit in that for too long, then that's all you're ever going to be. You know, that's, that's not what any of us want to do. We don't want to be victims. You want to be a warrior. You want to have fun. You want to be living your best life, as they say these days. And so... Um, I started noticing that making people laugh disarms them and it makes them more comfortable with you. And so having the ability to bring humor into my music and, you know, kind of let everybody know that, Hey, we're on the same playing field here. Like I'm not here to be any better than you. Like we're all, we can all laugh at this joke and, Um, and hear this silly story and and have fun and kind of bond over that. And then people are more open to hearing some of the more um, substantial commentary that may be in that song or in different songs, you know, so it's kind of um, a fun way for me to kind of make friends with everybody. And then we can talk about some serious stuff and then we can laugh more. And, you know, I think laughter truly is the best medicine. So it's like, yeah, we can sing sad songs all day long, but we all want to laugh and have fun at the end of the day. So I think it's important to 
acknowledge all those feelings, but I definitely have a soft spot for humor and, and crazy characters and stories and stuff like that. Because it helped me bring me out of my, you know, wallowing phase. So has there been a time though when boy, I tell you, you just you just asked yourself, is this really worth it? And how did you get uh, through yeah. it? Who who helped you? Who helps you get through those times that we all go through? Mm-hmm. You know, I <laughs> I would say I go through that probably 20 times a day. It's <laughs> it's a quite a roller coaster of a ride. Um, but I am, like I said before, my parents are a huge support system for me. Um, my fiance, Dave Brainerd, who is also my producer and co-writer on so many of my songs. Um, he's a huge blessing as well, because obviously he's in the same industry. Um, he's been doing it a lot longer than I have too. So he's got a lot more experience and kind of foresight into, um, how this all works and, and can talk me off some cliffs every now and then, you know? Um, so it's really important to have, I think, especially in this industry, have people who are also in it and can understand it, um, because it is so unique (laughs) in its little ecosystem. So it's definitely a huge blessing to be marrying somebody who also understands that. So Dave and I met in Nashville at a place called the Doghouse Saloon. It's it's funny because it sounds a lot juicier than it is, but um, so he had a studio that was um, near this, this bar and he was having a drink after a day in the studio and I happened to be playing there that night. And um, he came up to me after my show and just said, I'm a huge fan of your voice and your songs. I'd love to see what you've got going on. So there was nothing romantic whatsoever. It was purely, you know, like a, a musical acquaintance type of thing. And and um, we got together and, and wrote and wrote one of the best songs that we both say we've ever written the very first time we ever wrote together. So it was like, wow, there's definitely something here. And uh, we worked together, I guess you could say, for about a year, um, just writing and recording. Because um, Dave is a Grammy-nominated producer for... Yeah. Um, Brandy Clark's 12 stories album and that really incredibly talented and I don't deserve him so it's just um it's a huge blessing but um about a year after we were working together the feelings came out and (laughs) and it's been history ever since then and and we've been together for almost six years now it's crazy wow congratulations Um, thank you and we actually got engaged in Jackson Wyoming so we got engaged at Jenny Lake we went on a hike Um, it was our very first time ever going to Jackson we were invited to play at the Silver Dollar uh, for what for their uh, writer evening that they had and it was amazing the best show and obviously we had the best time getting engaged and so we just fell in love with Jackson and we're planning our wedding there now and just absolutely love it there. And so what Jackson, Wyoming holds a special place for the both of you. Um, it does. What, what is there about, about, that, about that location and the people in Jackson that has really connected with you? You know, I've got to say the people in Jackson are the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And everybody says that about the South, but I actually disagree now that I've been to Jackson. <laughs> the South's great. I'm from here. This is my home. But we we joke all the time. We're like, we have more friends in Jackson than we do in Nashville now, because every time we go there, we meet more people and everybody's just so warm and welcoming and 
you know, excited uh, to be there and just in such a positive mood all the time because you're in such a beautiful, gorgeous place and it's such a small community. Um, and it's really become very special for us, especially over this last um, time we were just there a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was invited to sing at the memorial service for the Marine Riley McCollum, who was killed in the Kabul bombing. And, you know, seeing the way that the community in Jackson came together and actually put everything down and aside that they were doing and rallied for that family was absolutely amazing and just kind of solidified everything that we had already felt about that community. Um, it was really, really beautiful to be a part of and see. So Jenny, you mentioned in an interview, I saw that um, that's the, the, the song you performed, Lonely and the Lone Star. You felt that God, you, I think the quote is, God gave us this song. We wrote this song, Dave and I and our good friend, Bill White. Um, we wrote this song about a month before anything with the withdrawal in Afghanistan had even started happening. And uh, Bill actually brought in the title, Lonely and the Lone Star. And Dave is a veteran. He was um, in the Air Force. He grew up in a military family. His dad was in the Air Force. His brother was a Marine Corps pilot. So he's very much um, has that blood running through his veins and has a lot of insight and really cool perspective that Bill and I don't have. Um, and so, you know, when Bill brought this title in, we were thinking, okay, well, maybe it's like a cowboy in Texas who's missing his love or he's, or it's his love who's missing him and, and just kind of that type of thing. But Dave actually has a really unique perspective, like I said. And so he was able to take that and be like, well, what if it's actually about a soldier in Afghanistan and you're missing him? And, and, and then um, the song kind of evolved from there, but it's just one of those things where, you know, none of us knew why we were writing because that's a very specific type of song and a very specific storyline in that song, like in itself. Um, and so it's one of those things to me, it's, it, it was literally given to us as a gift from God because he knew that somebody was going to need this very soon. Um, and I just am so amazed that we get to do that, to be a vessel, you know, um, to use our gifts to help someone else and to deliver something that we didn't even know was going to be needed until, you know, everything happened. And it was honestly, the bombing hadn't even happened. It was just the withdrawal had started to happen. And, and in my soul, I felt that something wasn't right. I was, I was like, something is off with this and it doesn't feel I don't know how to explain it because I've never had this strong of a feeling because generally I don't, I, I don't get political. I don't, I try to stay away from all of that stuff on my social media because it's only going to get you in trouble. Right. And I, but I just had such a strong feeling that I needed to post this song. And so I told Dave, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I just, I feel like I need to post this. And he supported me. He's like, whatever you think you need to do. And so I just went and sat in our sunroom, just to, me and the guitar with a little selfie video and played the song and I posted it. And 10 days later, after I posted that was when the bombing happened. And so for, for the, first of all, the timeline to add up like that, where we wrote the song, not knowing why. And then I have felt such an urge to post it, not knowing why, um, and then for all of this to happen and 
I got reached out to by um, a girl named Tabitha Sandberg, who I met in Jackson when I was playing the Million Dollar Music Fest at the Cowboy. And um, she had seen the song and was really moved by it. And her older sister actually was helping the McCollum family um, organize his memorial service. And Tabitha had gone to school with Riley. So she was she knew Riley since they were in kindergarten together. Um, and so she reached out and asked if I would be willing to come and sing at the service and had played Lonely in the Lone Star for Gigi, Riley's wife, and Jim, Riley's dad. And they just absolutely loved the song. Gigi said it described exactly how she felt. And um, I mean, to, to hear that as a songwriter, especially regarding something like that, I mean, where there's nothing more meaningful than that um, was very, very honoring for us. You know, we're, we're just so humbled to even be told that and, and to even know that the family heard our song was amazing. And so we went up and, and got to have dinner with the McCollum family the night before the service um, and met his wife, his sisters, his dad, the, the baby, his newborn baby, who's so sweet and precious. Mm. Um, and they're just the nicest, most grateful people. It's absolutely amazing how incredible they are. And so it was, it, it was quite the overwhelming experience, but we're so honored that we got to be a part of it. Wow. And um, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's so much I can go on and on about oh, because it's such a... You don't necessarily need to be a pastor or a missionary to change the, the world or impact others. Each one of us in whatever vocation we have, the talents that God gave us, we can make a difference. And God does use us if we're willing to mm -hmm. listen, listen to where he's leading us. Truthfully, I, so I grew up Catholic and really didn't know, like, it was kind of just like what I was told and and all of this stuff. And I never really actually thought about it and, and kind of fell away from it um, as I got older. And really, yeah. I would say over the last few years, I've been really drawn. I don't even like to say drawn back because I feel like it's a totally different experience because, you know, I don't necessarily consider myself Catholic, um, but more just like a, I'm a Christian. I'm reading the Bible now. I'm starting to understand things. Um in an actual like adult brain type of way and, and, and forming my own realizations about all of that and um, feeling a lot closer to God than I ever have before. And, you know, cause I never even used to talk about God or talk about any of these things. And somebody pointed out to me um, the very first thing that you said, kind of like what you just quoted um, when I was on, I did it. Fox and Friends interview the morning of the memorial service. The very first thing I said was God gave us the song. And, and I just realized, I was like, wow, that is really cool to realize that, you know, going from kind of slipping away from it and, and not really paying much mind to God to coming back and not even thinking about it so much that that's the very first thing that comes out of your mouth on national television. I, I, I thought that was really cool. And I just, I felt really um, happy about that, I guess, because it wasn't even something that was like, all right, I, I need a talking point on this and, you know, all that type of stuff. So, um, I mean, it just kind of further proves to me that that is what it was, you know. What's the one thing the world needs to know about Riley? that maybe you learned there? 
Oh my goodness. There are so many. It's, you know, what's really amazing is that the service was three and a half hours long. There were so many speakers and so many stories that it really feels like we know him now. And I would say the the main thing is that the, the most amazing thing is that he loved us so much. He wanted to be a Marine since the day he was born. I mean, he, he was walking around in this diaper talking about being a Marine. And there are so many stories just about how, you know, people would tell him, don't join the Marines, you're going to get killed. And he would say, I don't care. I would, I would die doing what I loved and defending the people in the country that I loved. And to me, to be born that way and to know that that's what you were going to do no matter what. Um, and to do that for people that you don't even know their names, you've never met them, you've never seen their faces, I think is, you know, that says everything about <laughs> a person to me. Yeah, no doubt. So Lonely and the Lone Star, um, you can find it everywhere. Proceeds yes. then go right to, do I have this right, Heroes Never Forgotten? Yes, the Heroes Never Forgotten Fund. It is a special fund just for the 13 families um, of the 13 soldiers that lost their lives. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. And, uh, and again, I, to Riley and the McCollum family, we owe them everything. Um, yes. so, um, thank you for sharing that. I, I have no words other than, um, just well done, Jenny. Well done. Thank I mean, it's you. just amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. It's been, it's been quite a blessing that was just kind of put in our laps. And so we're trying to be the best servants of that. All right, Jenny. So there's a lot of lot of listeners who will be thinking about they've got we've all have big goals in our life. What have you learned about taking steps toward your goals? And what advice do you have about taking that first step? What, what would you tell people? I would say, you know, every time that I've not wanted to go somewhere or not do something, um, but I have something really big has always come out of it. Like, for example, um, the, the night that I was playing at the doghouse saloon, I, I told my mom we were getting ready. And I was like, I just really don't even feel like doing this. I really don't want to go. Like, can I drop out last second? And, and she told me, she said, Jenny, every time that you don't do something or that you feel like you don't want to do something and then you go, something good always comes out of it. And I met my future husband and, and not only that, but he's such a huge blessing in my career because he is my record producer. He's my co-writer. You know, my my whole career has shaped out a certain way because of him. And um, so probably the biggest blessing, you know, going to that one. But I have countless examples of play, of times that I felt just like, oh, no, I'm just going to sit this one out, but then force myself to go because I am very much like not a hermit, but I'm kind of an old lady where I would rather just stay home and, and chill and be in my sweats and all that. And as opposed to go out hobnobbing and um, like, for example, last night I went to a, a fashion show for Wonder West by Boot Barn. And, um, and it was one of those things where it's like, ah, do I want to go? Like, obviously you want to go, but, but there's so many insecurities inside of us that were like, ah, it would just be easier to like stay home. But, you know, I made so many amazing new friends last night. And um, so I think always being present is the most important first step, you know, instead of deciding to sit it out um, and play it safe. And then second of all, staying true to yourself, you know, especially what I found in the music industry is it's so easy to be caught up in oh, well, this is what's big right now. And this is what's happening. And this is what your sound needs to be like. But, you know, I've 
been very true to know I love this sound. I love the more traditional country sound and um, and I love this way of writing and it may not sound like the mainstream right now, but guess what? The mainstream is always changing. It's never <laughs> going to sound the same as it did 10 years ago and it's not going to sound the same 10 years from now. And so, you know, trying to fit into a cookie cutter shape is not going to bring you longevity. It might bring you a flash in the pan success, but you know, we're building for longevity. And, and that's always something that I try to remind myself of. Great advice. Great advice. And if you go to JennyTolman.com, you can see that. I, I mean, you're very intentional about what I call your brand. Maybe that's yes. not the word, but your story. And you're very intentional about, about what you're building for, for mm -hmm. a lifetime. So that's, that's really helpful the way you, way you describe that. It's tempting just to fall into the crowd. It takes, it takes yes. a little bit, little bit more grit and hard work to stay the course is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. It does. All right, Jenny. So where, where can we follow you? Where should we go? So if you go to anything, type in Jenny Tolman and I'll pop right up me and my little pink cowboy hat. <laughs> Jenny, last question I have for you, as far mm -hmm. as reaching your goals and pursuing things, there are times when we all want to just, you know, again, quit. Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you do? How can we remind ourselves that it is worth it? Stay the course. Don't quit. You know, uh, I have to lean on a lot of my supporters is, is something that I, you know, I'm very much a, I have to talk it out type of person. And so for me, talking things through with people that I trust to, to be able to, you know, back me off the cliff a little bit. Um, and then also just taking Sometimes you just need to put the phone down. You need to get off social media because I know for me, a lot of um, my moments like that start when I start comparing myself or start comparing my career to somebody else's who may look like they're exploding a lot faster. And, and why am I not? And, and all of that, you know, comparison type of stuff. Um, I, I love the quote that says comparison is the thief of joy. I just you know, that's something that I repeat in my head when I start getting like that, because I'm like, you know what, we're not supposed to be the same, but, you know, and we're not all supposed to have the same journey and everything may look fantastic for somebody else. And you never know what's actually going on. So it's, it makes no sense to compare ourselves to anybody on social media and, and in real life either, because we all have different paths. And so just kind of being cognizant of that. Jenny, thanks for being part of our podcast. You are uh, nice. just tremendous insights and thanks for all you're doing and making such a difference in, 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 your, in your career. Thank you for thank being on the you. podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jenny. It's fun to get to know her and seeing where she's taking things. She gave us a lot to think about. For me, my biggest aha was how social comparison can be the thief of joy. Isn't that the truth? And it's so easy to fall into that trap in so many areas of our lives. So that's something to work on. Now, if you'd like to follow me, you can do so at Darren Johnson one on Instagram. Leave a review of the podcast. I'd like to know how you're enjoying the podcast episodes. Or you can drop me a note at DarrenJohnson at Mac.com. So now, everyone, please tune in for Episode 7 next week. And thank you again for being part of this community and the conversations on the I Dare You podcast.